everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach and welcome to episode three of Coaches Clubhouse season two, the COVID year, where we're talking to coaches from all over the sports world about how they dealt with everything they faced over some of the most chaotic times of their lives. Today, we're talking to Cecile Landy, former Olympic gymnast and assistant team program director for World Champion Center in Texas, where she coaches one of the most decorated and transcendent athletes of a generation, four-time Olympic gold medalist, Simone Biles. Earlier during the season of this podcast, we've discussed the disappointment and confusion surrounding the NBA and college basketball seasons being thrown into the disarray at the onset of the pandemic. But when the Olympics were officially postponed on March 24th, 2020, the athletes and coaches involved were thrown into an entirely different level of setback. Olympians train on a four-year cycle with meticulous planning so that they can peak for a very short window of time, sometimes just a couple of days. Not only was that totally out the window, but the coaches and athletes that were so used to constant contact, round-the-clock preparation, also had to deal without access to gyms and equipment, making it impossible to recreate their sport or their activity in lockdown. Cecile and I talked about the shock of the initial postponement of the Olympics, how her entire team of athletes has dealt with it emotionally, how they adjusted their training schedule day by day, what another year of preparation entails, and difficult conversations she had to have with Simone Biles, one of the world's most iconic athletes. Here is my conversation with Cecile Landy. Okay, so so let's start when it all shut down. I'm, I'm always so curious because it was like, what, like a crazy 24-hour period where I think everyone in sports world, you know, learned that this was serious. This is something that was going to really um, change our lives. Where were you when you realized that the world was coming to a halt? Um, so it had, we had rumors, you know, on Twitter that it was going to shut down and everything was going to stop. The Olympic were going to be canceled and all that stuff. So, but every time someone from the IOC would come out and say, no, this is, this is not happening. You know, we're looking at everything and we'll decide little by little, our season with our other team started to shut down state made were canceled regionals and all that stuff. So. But the elites, we still had the schedule. And so we're like very hopeful. Uh, We started shutting down our other team to keep the number of athletes very small in the gym. And then it was one morning really early, uh, right before going to practice at home, that I saw um, the news on social media. And I got a text from Simone at the time. And she said, it's true. And so we met up at the gym. and. We talked a little bit about it, but it was, I don't know, kind of quiet. And then we decided to make it like a a fun day. Just have fun at the gym and try some stuff and play around a little bit and just, you know, dance. And um, they made like a little fashion show on the runway, you know, (laughs) just silly stuff trying to um, move on from that sad news. We, We understood what was happening. Uh, but it was it was heartbreaking for the athletes. So was that like the last day you were able to be at the gym for a while? 
Um, no, not, not really. We kept training a little bit just to keep them, um, you know, in the gym because it wasn't canceled, it was postponed. We were just right. wanted to see when it would, you know, is it going to be at the end of the year? Is it going to be next summer? How's it going to be? Um, as long as the governor allowed us to train, uh, we trained, but it was, we were eight uh, in the gym. It was Laura and I and six elites and the gym at World Champion Center is huge. So we were able to really social distance and just have the entire building for ourselves. And so we kept training and kind of not doing routines at all, just playing with games and uh, skills and drills and trying new stuff into the pit and just just have fun, but keep themselves. That's that's what they know. They're very good with routine. So we try to keep it that way. And then uh, on that Thursday, about, I think we shut down really on March 27 or something like that. But the Thursday, we told them, we okay, let's have a long weekend. You know, let's have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, which it's rare in gymnastics to be able to, to take. Um, and that's the last time we saw them for seven weeks. Wow. Because that Friday, uh, we got the news that the entire state was shutting down. So for, for our listeners that don't um, kind of understand some of the parlance, when you say like you're working with your elite group, what does that mean? And how is that different um, than, you know, maybe your other day jobs or your other coaching? Um, so we have a big team of thir- 33 athletes. Uh, the main part of them, 27 of them, are level 10 gymnasts, which is the one you can see in college, most of them. Their goal is never to compete for Team USA and to compete internationally. It's to compete in the U.S. for a college team at one point. The elites are the one that um, are hoping to make national team and competing at, you know, uh, world championships, uh, Pan Am Games, Olympic Games, and all that. So it's, it's a different commitment in a way that the requirement for elites are harder. Um, but our team actually trained the same amount of hours. It's just the skills required for the elite are way harder. And there's more actually, not necessarily harder. It's just, they need a minimum of eight. And for level 10, if you have three or four good skills, you, it's good enough on each event. So when did Simone, um, can you walk us through, you know, the beginning of your relationship as coach athlete, um, and just sort of like how that, how, how people figure out that fit in, in gymnastics. Um, so we started coaching her in 2017 when she decided to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a long time coach since she had been a little kid, but she was really close to her. Um, and we knew Simone from our former athletes. Um, that competed with Simone at the time. So we knew of her, she knew who we were. And uh, so she's actually the one who requested us to come uh, help her come back. Um, And we just slowly starting to kind of know each other. Um, And we actually became really close in a way that she's an adult. So you can't treat her like a kid because she's not. Um, We talk about everything and anything um we have a very similar sense of humor and um so a lot of gifts and a lot of memes and stuff like that um and it just slowly she started you know as soon as she was trusting us in the workout the rest fell through we just had to i guess prove to her that 
we knew what we were doing and we were there for her. What is it like when you find out that this like once in a generation athlete wants to, uh, wants to train with you? Well, we literally dropped everything pretty much and moved to Texas and moved south. We were in Texas, we were in Dallas Mm -hmm. and we were, um, really close to open a gym in Arizona. And we were working on all that, all the paperwork done. Uh, we actually submitted some paperwork and we got a call and we looked at each other and we're like, well, we could always open a gym in a couple of years. Uh, but Coach Simone Biles and taking over her parents' gym and trying to build a program there, that's something that we can only do now. Um, so we just packed up and drove three and a half hours south and moved to Houston. What's the biggest difference in terms of like, obviously you'd been around her, you'd seen her perform, Mm -hmm. but to have, you know, like a front row seat every single day, was there anything that was surprising once you started training in person every single day? Um, Well, she's extremely talented that we all know that, but she's also very normal as an athlete. She has fears. Um, She has anxiety on some skills. She, uh, she falls, she makes mistakes. so she kind of being so normal in a way that, yes, some stuff are easy for her, but she also works extremely hard to be able to do every skill that she does. It just doesn't happen overnight like a lot of people think. Um, you know, she works out 30 hours a week and she's there and she's committed, but it's just being kind of normal. You know, um, she will fall off and she will like she said, crash into the pit, like get lost once in a while um, and have fear. And I think that's, that's what's good with the girls that train with her. They can see that, yeah, she is who she is, but she's also kind of like me because I also have fears and uh, I make mistakes. And what makes her different is she doesn't give up and she keeps trying and she fixes the technical issues and all that stuff. Why in the sport of especially women's gymnastics, but why is, um, you know, this considered an old age for gymnastics (laughs) or at least elite gymnastics? I think it has changed so much and uh, the mind of people hasn't evolved as much as the gymnastics, I would say, has. Um, In my time, yes, you were 18 years old. You were like a little, well, what are you still doing around, you know? Um, (laughs) 18 being old. That's crazy. Yeah, that, you know... um, I don't know. It was just, I think, the mentality because um, Nadia was so young and Mary Lou. And so you just, in your head, you had to be so young. And little by little, we had a few athletes that kept going and doing one, two, three Olympic Games. Then, I mean, you have um, uh, Chusovitina, who, you know, she's really old um, and she's, you know, she's still going. So, it just started to show that it was possible to even have a kid and come back into the sport. Um, and the, we also, as coaches, have learned a lot more on how to train athletes. We have a lot of more um, knowledge on how to make sure we don't overtrain athletes. I do not coach the way I was coached. Um, and we have more information. We have videos and we work closely with PT doctors and um, the way you communicate 
communicate to your athletes is completely different than the way um, I was taught uh, when I was younger. Um, so I think it's, it's just, it has evolved in inside the sport. I think the mind of other people that are not very familiar with it feel like, oh my gosh, she's 24, she's old. But when you look, I believe at the 2012, between 2012 and now, at all the world medalists and Olympic game medalists, they're actually, the average age is more like 19, 20, 21. You don't have many 16 year olds that are really hitting. I know you've mentioned this before. I was reading a, a different interview, but the, the idea of training and kind of even going through the pandemic and all the disruptions as an adult versus like being 16 or 17 mm-hmm. and going through this, you know, what, how do you think that, and again, I'm, no one, no one wants to go through it, but how did it help Simone to be at this stage in life when something like this happened? Well, she had already gone through puberty. So her body had already changed and matured. So she knows what she can and cannot do to feel um, in her best shape. She knows what she's allowed to. She she allows herself everything, but she also knows there's something that is not going to help her for her sport. When you're 16, 17, 18, your body's constantly changing and emotionally you're changing as well. It, it Everything is happening. It's difficult. And we saw it in our team. We have we have a lot of teenagers, and it was difficult for some of them because as soon as we stopped, their body caught up. They were like, "Whoa, hold on! You're not working that much." I'm, you know, and everything happened, and mentally, physically, they struggled a lot um, to find their gymnastics again. Uh, you know, when you've grown four inches and a couple pounds, it just makes a huge difference in our sport. Um, so it's an adjustment that Simone didn't have to do. She she is the shape that she is all the time. She hasn't grown. She hasn't changed. Um, you know, she just stay fit because she knows what she needs to be doing. And from from the you, you mentioned like emotionally how hard I feel like that is kind of an under covered part of all of this over the last year is just how the toll it's taken on so many people. And one thing that's in in inspiring, but also, you know, interesting to think about Olympians is so much of their lives and yours as the coach is with quads, right. And, and structuring things for each year. And, and you're trying to make sure that that athlete peaks during the right window mm-hmm. once every four years, when the calendar gets out of whack, um, when, when it was officially postponed to 2021, like, how do you even go about trying to put together a calendar for, for one year when you had that seven week stretch where you, where you can't be, where everything is locked down? Like, no one has a, a blueprint for that. So how do you even start to come up with a plan? Um, well, first, we told all of them to just, the silver lining of this was to spend time with their families um, and just try to really enjoy the break and rest their body and um, most of them are homeschooled. So like, you know, I'd get ahead in school, do that, um, go ride a bike, um, go outdoors. Like we don't really go outdoors with indoor sports. So trying to make it like, okay, you know what, there's nothing we can control right now, but this you can, we can meet on zoom a couple times a week. We're going to see each other. We're going to work out together, do some conditioning and the rest of the time, just try to enjoy it. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of them bought bikes. We even bought bikes and, you know, riding every day and trying to see that. But it's then when we came back to the gym, um, all of them came back, wanted to like, I can't be be done this way. Like my season was cut short. It was stolen from me. I, you know, they need as gymnasts, we're very controlling of what we what we want to do. Um, so that was something that all motivated them to come to come back. Like I'm gonna come back. The question was, when is our first meet? How's it gonna look like? Are we gonna have a season? All of that I had no answers. And that was difficult because we are we have a huge calendar in our gym where we write every one competition so they can see, okay, I'm here, I have seven weeks until I do this. I have two weeks before I have that. So they get mentally and physically prepared. Um, but ha- the calendar was blank, blank. They came back. The day was postponed. Everything was canceled. I just erased it all. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what we're going to be able to write. And then they started talking about competition. And so we had one date on the calendar and then there was another one there. And then this one was canceled. And again, you go through the dark hole a little bit. Like, okay, it's okay. It's, you know, something is going to happen. Let's keep working. And you just go day by day, uh, remembering that you're very blessed to do what you're doing. Um, in the back of your mind, you keep your long-term goals. Um, and you just got to be willing to adjust and be flexible. So for Simone, like if in when you started 2020 and you're mapping that out leading into trials, like typically how many meets or competitions would she have? Would she be competing in on all of the different um, areas? Would she be, you know, doing all around? Like how, how would that schedule typically look? And then like how different did it end up um, being through the fall and the winter? So for her, the, the plan was to do um, April 2nd, I believe of last year, was going to be the World Cup in Tokyo. And that was going to be a first competition. Uh, and it was going to be in the same arena, same equipment as Olympic Games. So that was a very good rehearsal for her um, to go out there and really have the feel of what was going to be in a couple months. So that was the plan. And after that, she was going to kind of take it down a little bit, rest. And then in May, we had um, the Secret Classic toward the end of May. And then we had championships um, early June. Um, end of June, we had one of the trials. And then she would have gone to Tokyo after that. So that was not too many competition for her. Um, but it was just trying to go out there before the summer um, to just have a feel of uh, how she's never been to Japan. So we wanted also her to be able to understand the the time change and the jet lag and the travel, uh, you know, 14 hours on the plane. And so all that stuff was really important um, to her and to us to experience before we went down in the summer. So when you are trying to rebuild and things are kind of up in the air or, you know, people are penciling things in, but then other things get canceled. What's the most important part as like, is it trying to create a competitive environment for like, is it, is it about being pushed and kind of having competition? Like what is the piece that's most important as you're trying to get stuff on the calendar, things to be working towards? 
Um, we have right now a few dates that are still written down. Um, so we're working toward those, but we are lucky at the gym that we have a big team. So everybody is kind of pushing each other to become the best and keep working hard. And I think that's what's helping all our elites in level 10 is they're not alone. They're all going through the same thing and their goals are different, but personally at the end, it's being the best it can be. Um, so I think it's trying to keep those dates on the calendar and trying to every day be, be there and one step closer to, to your goal. Um, but you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen this summer. Um, there's a world cup schedule for May and that's, um, the goal for Simone to go there. Um, I mean, it's not a World Cup anymore, but it's like a test event. Um, so we hope that's going to happen so she can actually get there and go compete. Uh, after that, I, everybody asks what happened if it's canceled, and I honestly don't know. It's not for me to tell what she's going to be doing. Um, just whatever she decides to do, I just know that we'll be there um, to support her. Um, but she, I also know that's not how she wants to be done. Yeah. It was, so when, when you mentioned that when, when your athletes, when the gymnasts came back and they didn't want that to be the way that careers ended, I wonder with her, was, was there hesitation? Was there, you know, do I want to do this for another year? I think her immediate reaction was I'm done. As soon as it was announced, you know, you're not thinking really straight. It's emotional reaction. You're like, I'm done. This is it. I'm done. Uh, forget it. I can't do this. You know, I cannot do this. Um, and media were asking her all the time. And she was like, uh, like, I don't know. I leave me alone. And I was like, well, you don't have to answer to anyone, you know, um, take some time and, you know, think it through. But I also know that you knowing who you are and what you've accomplished. I also know that is not how you want to finish your career. And she's like, well, I know you're right. I know I can't be done, but I'm not ready to, to say it, you know? Um, but her immediate reaction was, no, no way. I cannot do this another year, another two years, whatever. Like, no way. I'm not doing this. Um, even if she, I knew in the back of my mind, she knew that that wasn't the reality. She was like, she knew she would try to, to do whatever she could to be back and try to have another Olympic game. Is there any element of, you know, I was, I was thinking about this um, in conversations I've had with Katie Ledecky on the swimming side too. It's like, these are generational athletes and they, you know, there are certain windows, although as we've discussed, like, you know, there have been female gymnasts competing later into their careers, but you know, it's just, it, it almost feels like from the outside that like they get robbed of, you know, one of these Olympics on schedule during their prime, even if they do go and compete in 2021 and it goes fine. It's still not, you know, the, the, the way that it was supposed to work out. Is, is there any sense of that? And maybe it's not from her like being like, Oh, woe is me. But I, I mean, it just sort of like, it just sucks that these amazing <laughs> athletes had something like this happen to them during these primes that don't last forever. For sure. For sure. It, whatever happened in 21, it, might be close to what would have happened in 2020. We'll never know. But I know that because also in gymnastics, I don't know in swimming, 
but I know in gymnastics they have allowed the 2005 born athletes to be able to compete in 21. So for me, um, I was against it. I was like, how can you call it the 2020 Olympics if you're going to allow athletes that were not allowed to compete last year? Um, and they were like, well, that's the rule, FIG. And I'm like, but, you know, I'm happy for them. At the same time, I feel like if one of them or two of them gets in the team, they robbed mm. two other girls that would have had that chance last year. And it's not the athletes that robbing, it's FIG that is allowing it. You know, it's nothing against the athletes, that's for sure. Um, but I felt like I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to make the team, but I feel like if one of them gets to compete in any country, and I know in Russia they have some really good young one, um, it's just not not right. You know, um, the seniors athlete that should be allowed to compete, I only the one that 2004 and, and before that, not after, but. Were there so, any yeah, other. Has anything, were there any other adjustments that were made? Um, Obviously, like I know all the safety protocols that are going to be in place and things like that. Um, But as we're recording this, like, has there been other changes to kind of like the foundation of how teams are selected, who's eligible, things like you're talking about? Well, the world, um, so they had the FIG again, um, they're full of surprises, but uh, not necessarily great one. They had changed after 2016. The rules had to qualify to the Olympic Games. So first, we changed the team to four athletes only instead of five. And then you could go to the all-around World Cup series, they call that, and the event World Cup series to try to get two spots extra. Um, the event World Cup was for you. So if, like, we have Jade Carey, who went, did really well. So she would get a spot for herself, not the country, just for her. So no one else can replace her. The all around, you would send kids to different World Cups around the world. And after, um, I think the best three, um, you get points. And whoever gets the most points get another place for the country. So the goal was to have four athletes in the team and then and then uh, one for the all around and one for the event. But now the all-around World Cup has been canceled. So like, okay, what happened to that spot? Who gets it? So they decided that the team that were top three at World Championships in 2019, 2018 um, are getting those spots. So we get a spot, which is great. But there were some other people that were hoping to get that spot. They will not get it. The event is the same. They have canceled too. So we don't know. Technically, Jed, Jade could not be beat no matter what was happening. Um, but we don't know if they're going to give her that spot. Is they going to change it? What's going to happen to it? Like, they made it so complicated. And I mean, I knew nobody was expecting this to happen. But now it's all limbo. Like, who gets to do what? Mm. Um, so it's the four team hasn't changed. But the individual round is very tricky right now. Do you think that sometimes, I mean, obviously you're working with these athletes day in and day out. Sometimes I think that the general public doesn't understand those types of meets or, or how much goes into these, you know, again, because these athletes are, I mean, and not Simone. Simone is a household name and, you know, she's obviously had a ton of, you know, she's, she's done commercials, endorsements, all these different things that, that do keep these athletes busy. But 
it's almost like the general public and and even you know the the not as devoted fans you just it's like oh every four years okay hello you know like it, it's I, I I wonder too if this extra year in just this spotlight again it's been really compelling for for me as someone who's covered Olympic athletes before but. I know how hard those other three years are and how, mm-hmm. you know, you do have to motivate yourself when, um, you know, you don't have a finish line that's as exciting as an Olympics. Do, do you think there's any piece of this in this extra year? Do you think that people will understand just how much these, these athletes, how, how hard Simone and, and others have worked to get to the point that if we have the Olympics later in 2021, like just that, this was so unique. It, it, it's, it's something that it really demands our attention and respect, even though it should be there normally, but it was just so much extra that they had to go through mentally, physically, emotionally to, to get to this point. Um, do, do you think that there might be a different level of understanding from the general public? I hope so, because I think we all went through kind of something very emotionally difficult that we were not expecting. Um, so they're not all athletes and working toward Olympic games, but they all have suffered and mentally stuff up is postponed. Um, they were supposed maybe to travel to go th- see their family. They were supposed to have a wedding. They were supposed to have this or that, and everything was postponed or canceled. And so another year of planning, you know, for your dream wedding, another year of, um, uh, not seeing your family. So I know it's emotionally very difficult for everyone. Um, but for the athletes, I think, I hope people understand that it was a very traumatic year on so many levels, like you said, emotionally, physically, um, like it it was just hard because we had Jordan who was supposed to hopefully go to Tokyo and then go to UCLA. Um, and so now she's like, oh my gosh, I have to wait one more year. She already had defer one year. So now it's two. Um, and then Simona already had planned her tour and her retirement and what she wanted to do. And, and now it's like, oh, everything is pushed one year. So in a lifetime, yes, one year is really not a, a, a big deal. Um, but in a you know, 20, 24-year-old mind, it's extremely long. And it's another year of commitment and going to practice and committing to eating healthy and being um, mentally at practice every day, not going on as many vacations as she had planned. Uh, Even if she's allowing herself to get some break, and I think it's important that she does, um, it's it's still a very difficult year. So I hope people understand it. I know that uh, her brother was supposed to get married um, and have that huge wedding and um, at first, she was upset that he was comparing his wedding to the Olympic Games. But I said, but Simone, that's, that's his Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is not the same. But for him, that wedding means as much as your Olympic Games means to you. So it is difficult for him, too, to have to not do it the way they wanted to do it. You know, um, yeah, I understand for you, it doesn't feel the same because it's not physically as hard. But emotionally, it is extremely difficult for everybody. What do you, what do you think, um, you know, as, as a coach and someone who's been doing this for so long, what did you learn about yourself during the pandemic year and this last year and a half? 
I think is to um, be a little bit more flexible with the timeline, uh, the planning on the workout, and also seeing. I mean, I'm a pretty positive person, um, but trying to see the silver lining to a lot of things that has have happened. Um, you know, um, we have never not worked for seven weeks or be in the gym for seven weeks, um, but we try to enjoy it as much as we could. Um, so trying to be a little more positive on that. And really, we started competing again. And every meet, I tell the girls, like, it's a blessing. You got to enjoy it. You know, we can't have this. Um, we don't know if it's going to stop again. We don't know if anything else is going to happen. Um, every day, you know, we got to be thankful we can compete. We're going to be thankful we can work out and just try to enjoy the process a little bit more. And I think the girls mentality have changed a lot. Um, you know, as teenagers, it was difficult not to see your friends and um, doing online school for some that we're not used to and not going to practice and so it was just okay you know what we're here and when you have a hard day remember like you're still allowed to be here so there's something positive about it and then just last question um you know I know every once in a while when Simone does something and a clip goes viral. Everyone's reminded once again, you know, like this is you know, one of the greatest athletes um, in history. How excited should fans be slash how, you know, her competitors, how terrified should they be heading into <laughs> this Olympic cycle? I mean, if everything goes well, I don't think anybody should be terrified. I think they all know who she is and what she does. Um, and they all want to be as close as they can to her. And I think that's what makes the sport so good. Um, you know, she's raised the bar, so everybody wants to, to catch her. And I, and I think really none of the, her competitors are ready to see her go. They want to see what she can do next and open the doors to so many more possibility for younger athletes and um, the voice that she has. And I think it's, they want that. Um, and so they want her, but if everything goes as planned and we get, you know, she gets to compete that amazing vault and, um, a couple upgrades there and there, or just being herself and having fun, I think it's just gonna, it's gonna be a pretty amazing Olympic Games. That was my conversation with Cecile Landy. You can find every episode of Coaches Clubhouse on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next Wednesday for more Olympic talk. SiriusXM Podcasts.